Wait, shit. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 229. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally. I've got no mic this week, so I'm going through my computer mic. So forgive me if I don't sound as crisp and as clear as usual, but we did just come up with a solution. So I'll, I should have a solution for next week. We got a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, the show, guys, presented by our friends, our longtime friends now over at Manscaped. Use promo code CouchGuy20 at checkout for 20% off with free shipping. All right, so we record this Tuesday, October 19th. We pushed back, I think, last week because we wanted to see what happened in the ALDS. We know what happened. The Red Sox beat the Rays, which, by the way, when the Red Sox beat the Yankees, all the comments on Twitter were like, well, whoever wins this series is just going to get dog-walked anyway by the Rays. Yeah, that didn't fucking happen. Red Sox move on to the ALCS. The crowd of Fenway is as electric as I've ever seen, and we're going to talk about that. And now, as we sit here, again, Tuesday, October 19th, by the time this comes out, it's probably going to change. I'm going to try to get this out on Tuesday night, so before the end of the game. But the Red Sox are sending Nick Pavetta to the mound, who, as we saw as a relief pitcher, very important fact, dominated against the Rays. Up against Zach Greinke, who has pitched two times. In the past month, Zach Greinke, who has been so bad, he was bounced out of the rotation. So hopefully 3-1 by the time you listen to this. Yeah. So we're going to see how that goes. But anyway, let's get into it. What do you want to talk about first? Do you want to get into the Patriots first and then roll on to Red Sox? Yeah. Let's talk about the Patriots. All right. So I was at the game. which I Did I tell you that? No, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I was at the game on Sunday, Patriots-Cowboys. And I swear to God, Jared, I've never seen that many fans of the opposing team at Gillette Stadium. It was so loud when the Cowboys would do something. You couldn't, if you weren't looking, you couldn't tell if the Patriots did something good or if it was the Cowboys that did something good. There was a point where I was in, I was in the line for the bathroom, which obnoxiously long. I've never seen it that long at Gillette Stadium. I was in line for the bathroom and we're like past the part where you can't really see any TVs. So you can't really see what's going on. And there's Cowboys fans mixed in, Patriots fans. And something happened. The, the crowd was cheering. And we were like, what? Nobody knew if it was for the Patriots or for the Cowboys. Yeah. So we started asking around. It was the blocked punt. See, the Cowboys fans, Nick, are like Yankees fans. They're everywhere when the team is good. I got I to tell you, though, they weren't that bad. Well, I'm not, not like obnoxious-wise. Just like Cowboys are like that team where like, if you're going to root for a cat, like – Everyone in their mother is a Yankees fan if you like baseball outside. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the natural team. The Cowboys are, quote-unquote, America's team. That's who everyone roots for if they have to pick a team. Like, And they're good, right? They're a Super Bowl contender. So, of course, everyone's going to come out to the game and, and show their pride and all that crap. And you should have beat them. You should have. You should have. And, you know, and, and I, I've, I saw it a little bit on Twitter, but happily, not too much. Because I saw some people mention like another moral victory, and I don't want to fucking hear it because Crap. you can only have moral victories if you win some games. <laughs> yeah, you're only winning against the bad teams. Your only two wins are against the Jets, who thankfully you have this weekend, and the Texans, who you almost lost to. Probably should have lost to. So you should have lost to the Texans. And here's the thing, too. So the London game this past week, Jaguars versus Dolphins. Jaguars Ooh. who haven't won yep. since opening day of the 2020 season. So last year, 
They went one. They started off one and zero. Ended the season one and fifteen. Literally haven't won since opening day last year. They beat the Miami Dolphins, who are also now one and five. Man, that Dolphins win. That the Dolphins looking so. The Dolphins one win. (laughs) So bad. Is against your New England Patriots. To be fair, I think if you play the Dolphins this week, you beat them by two touchdowns. I do too. I thought the Dolphins were going to be better than what they. The two injury didn't help. The two didn't help. You know, two because Jacoby Brissett's not Tua. Um, I also I don't think I. I don't think Tua's that good, but like I don't think Tua is good. I think you were both wrong. Me and you were both on the Tua train last year. I think we were wrong. Yeah, I I don't think Tua is good. Hundred percent. But I think he's better than Jacoby Brissett. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's a reason to say that out loud. But that Miami loss looking terrible. Uh, I think you have the Jets this weekend at home. Maybe your first home win this week. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, I'm just bugged at the people who are come out of this weekend and go, maybe the Patriots aren't a good team. No, they are. They have the talent. They're, they're just fine. Not, they're not being coached well right now. Like they're fine, they're, but like, like before we could even have this conversation. We could have this conversation in years past with Tom Brady on the team. And even if they started off like this, which they generally wouldn't, you know, I think it happened. Did they start off two and four the year they won the Super Bowl against the Falcons? Yeah, and they were like one and three and oh one or something like that when they when they won. The yeah, first one. yeah, because I remember that bad loss against the Raiders. Yep. Um, but you know the the Patriots started two and four, and you can have this conversation before, like, well, can this team still make any noise in the postseason if they make it when they make it because they always made it. Like, will this team make any noise in the playoffs this year? Like, you, you can't have that conversation because as it stands right now, this team is getting smacked by whoever they play in the playoffs. I will say this. Oh, of course. I'm not out on them making the playoffs yet. Yeah, One, because there's, you, there's have, a path. You, you have the extra week. And if you look at the schedule, and I don't want to go through this game by game, but like some of those games before this weekend that I thought, like, well, the Browns, well, they're banged up and hurt. Um, you, you play the Chargers, but you watch what the Chargers did against the Ravens. So clearly there's a recipe to stop the Chargers. Um, and you watch oh, the man, way. But Justin Herbert. No, I know. Good. I'm not saying it's He's a guaranteed good. win, but I'm just saying, like, you watch Mac Jones and the Patriots play against the Cowboys, who have been a really good team, should have beat them. You watch them against the Bucks, should have beat them. If this team is coached right, they have a lot of talent. The offense is starting to figure it out. Hunter Henry's become an easy red zone target for Mac Jones. So, like, this team has the potential. They're just they're not being coached right. Like you're, you're giving me like on Sunday, you 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 saw it firsthand. You had two fourth down situations. They don't go for it. The one in overtime where literally it was like fourth and one, um, and they just punt the ball away to a guy that hasn't been able to be stopped all day, um, and let Dak Prescott run down the field. Whereas Mac Jones literally run a play action, hand the ball to Stevenson. He's he was good. Harris was good. Like they got to be more aggressive. This team isn't good enough anymore to play field position. No, they're not. And, and that's where Patriots fans should be mad. It's like that fourth down, you're right. Fourth down, by the way, and we're going to talk about Josh McDaniels. I have tried to defend this man for so long. I'm over it. I can't watch him run. He's just shoving the running back up the middle. That's, that is the game plan. And you talk about how the team's different now. That works before. Like, you could go your first two plays, draw up the middle. You could do that before because you had Tom Brady third and six. Generally, Might as well have been third and one. Like confidently, he's making that play probably. But to be fair, I even think Mac Jones third and six. I'm confident in him if they use him the right way. They yeah, okay, yeah, right sure. Way. But the Patriots aren't. They're not a machine anymore. They're not. They're, they're not. not a, they're, they're not a machine anymore. They're a very. They're a very regular football team. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. They're a very regular football team. 
There's nothing special about them. They can move the football. They can even squeak out some wins. But they're a very regular football team. As of right now, I, I expect Mac Jones to get much better as his career goes on. And what was see, it, Diggs? But you, but it was you say Diggs, that right? loud. But Mac Jones wasn't even the problem. No, he's, was no, he's not. It's, that's, been, that's why it's been everybody else. But that's what I'm saying. I think this team's going to get a lot better as we go on because I think Mac's going to develop into a much better quarterback. And you, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to redraft the offensive line because that's a whole shit show going Isaiah on. Isaiah win this year? Whoa. Isaiah wins terrible. Isaiah Wynn was one of the few bright spots, Jared, of this offensive. I mean, like, no, this offensive line is supposed to be top five, frankly, at the start of the year. That's what Once we expected. You, you brought back Andrews. You brought Pat Teddy Karras. Like, you brought all these. You brought Trent Brown back, who has barely seen the field. Shaq Mason, be, who's been a stud. Yeah. It, coming into this year, we all thought stud offensive line, good running backs. Mac can manage the game. They get 10 wins. They'll be happy. They'll be lucky if they get 10 wins this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shame because I took the bait and took the over on their win total to start the season. Which like they're losing games that they should have won, like against Miami, and but then they're playing these games. You should be four and two. You should be, but then they're playing these games like against the Bucks, where they make it by a missed field goal. That's why you lose. I'm not convinced you win because if you do kick that field goal, you gave Tom Brady a minute. What I think it was like a minute twelve or like whatever it was. It was that's another situation where fourth fourth down you go for it in that Bucks game. Same thing. You're not. You don't have the defense to stop Tom Brady. I mean, he was obviously, but you give him a minute. He, Brady's going to score. All he need, well, all he would need was three points. That's another they're coaching situation. scared. They're, they're, they're coaching, coaching scared. scared. They don't trust Mac Jones, and it's becoming horse crap because you watch these games and you go all game. You watch Mac Jones play action so good in play action on Sunday. I think it was four for four for like 130 yards on passes more than 20 yards. He's getting it. You got to let him play. They and don't. They not, don't not, trust the kid. They, they, they got to open the playbook. They got to open the playbook. They just I gotta mean, let him do it. Look at look what do you at have the to final. Lose, Nick? Like look nothing. at the end. Of, yeah, exactly. At the end of the half, oh. you have the ball. What happened to Patriots football, where you defer, Nick. you get the ball in the second half, and then you tack on some extra points right before the half. You ends, had a, and a they minute and a half. The ball. How many timeouts? One, two. I maybe you maybe had timeouts. Maybe you had at least one timeout in your pocket. You had a minute and a half, and they knelt the ball. They ran the ball up the middle, which, like, if you're going to kneel it, kneel it. But they ran the ball straight up the middle, the Josh McDaniels special, and then knelt it. Like, what like, are you doing? like Damian Harris, I think, is a very good running back. He's a little banged up right now. But he's got 100 plus at, yards on Sunday. Yeah. Damian Harris is a stud, mm-hmm. but he's not Derrick Henry, who is oh a freak of nature. He's not going to just win you football games. You have to play him correctly. And Josh McDaniels and the Patriots are just there. I mean, is it fair to say that they're they're running? They've always done this, but they're starting to use Damian Harris like he's a Derrick Henry, where he's just going to win you football games. You got to put the ball in Matt Jones' him, hand. Think about the year I forget what year it was, but Corey Dillon when he was here, like two thousand four. You could yeah, you could hand Corey Dillon the ball, and he could win you a football game. In my yes. opinion, Damian yes. Harris isn't. He might he might get there. I think Damian Harris could get there, but he's not there, and. Yeah. They don't draft guys to be there. They've never drafted a Derrick Henry. They've never drafted um, uh, an Alvin Kamara, anybody like that. That's not how they're designed. So now why all of a sudden are we going to treat them like one? Like you didn't draft him to be that guy. Let Mac Jones do his thing. Like what are we doing here? Like you know how pissed off this got me? I'm actually, I actually wrote an article for Couch Guy Sports. That's how pissed off this got me. They haven't like, done that in a while. We're, we are when was retired the, bloggers. When was the last time I wrote something? We are it's retired. Com- it, hey, it, it's publishing 20s. tomorrow. It's coming out tomorrow. Early 20s, we were slinging those blogs left and right, left and right, left and right. Nick did things at lunch breaks when he had some downtime. 
dude, when I was, when I was in college and when I started, I was, I was slinging three blogs a day. Yeah. That's how pissed off Josh McDaniels has me. It's coming out tomorrow. I mean, Hey, Josh, Josh McDaniels. I swear at this point, and again, I've defended this man for years. I thought he got a lot of, I thought he got a lot of unjust criticism, but it's coming to the point where you're watching these plays and it's like, Josh, you don't have Tom Brady here anymore. It's like last year he had Cam Newton. They talked about, oh, well, great. Now we can use a mobile quarterback. This is going to be great. It's like they took that. And I'm not saying they got to use the same thing. They, they should use the same playbook because I think, you know, Mac is closer, obviously, to Tom Brady than he is to Cam Newton uh, in regards to mobility. But they took the Cam Newton playbook, tossed it out the window, and they didn't draft up anything new, it seems like. They just took the Tom Brady one and just were like, hey, Mac, be Tom Brady. But they watered it down. They, they're calling like a third of the plays. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are we doing? There's, it makes no – I'm so annoyed. Like, they should be four and two. You think about the Dolphins win, cough that fumble up, you should have won that game. You give the Bucks game, eh, you beat the Cowboys. You should be four and two, if not five and one, the way this team has played. And and yeah. and there's still been massive holes. And I'm not saying they're they're a guaranteed five and one team, but like you are better than a two and four football team. Whatever someone tries to tell you, it's not a bad football team. They're just not being coached well. No, and and, and I heard this on Felgren Mess. So I'm not going to act like this is my own take, but I thought this was a great point. I think it was I think it was Greg Bedard uh, with Felgren Mess. Big boy. It was, it was the group. They brought up the fact where like if. Like, general manager and head coach for the Newman Patriots is the same person. But let's say if they were separate, with the way that this head coach has been coaching, the general manager would do something about that with this head coach. Yep. He would do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just the recent guys. Like, I'm, hey, this defense was supposed to be much better than it is. Much better than it People is. People were talking top five, lead. Yeah. And I'm encouraged. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm encouraged. Like, Matthew Don is a stud. I, I fucking love that guy. He is awesome. He's probably – you know, Mac Jones is great, but I think Matt Judon is my favorite part of this season so far because you signed a guy to be your defensive stud, and he's being your defensive stud. Well, yeah, stud. like when was the last time you had a pass rusher like this? Like Chandler Jones? Like like when was the last time you sincerely had a guy that you trusted against the quarterback? No one can touch red sleeves right now. It's crazy. No. It's insane. No. He's awesome. But but they're treating everything else like it's like ni- the 90s. Like – they're not playing right. the way they should be playing. And, like, look at the third and long play on Sunday, right? It was third and 28, right? Something third like that. And third and it 25. It was unbelievable. Third and 25, you have the lead, and you give a ball up the middle to C.D. Lamb. What happened to, like, just let everybody back and let them dink and dunk it to get the fourth down? Like, that's an easy Belichick situation that I would say in the past, 10 times out of 10, they don't get that close to the first down on that third down play. Like, what are we doing? It feels like it's not even Belichick coaching. It's absolutely asinine. And you got to start asking yourself the question. Like, I'm sorry, but has the game passed Bill Belichick by? You look at some of these. We've talked about this on other shows, on episodes. Like, some of these younger coaches, the McVeighs, the Shanahans, um, Cliff Kingsbury. Look at who he's doing in Arizona. The game is becoming a newer generation, speed, fast-paced defenses, all this stuff. Belichick, I'm not arguing this. Belichick is hands down the greatest coach to ever coach. Um, and he's going to be able to coach as long as he wants. Like, perhaps not going to fire Belichick, but it's starting to show that he might need some help here. And I don't even know if I want Josh to be the one to help him. I don't want Josh. 
before I was, I was okay. Like I was much more okay with the idea of Josh McDaniels becoming your new head coach than well, a lot Brady of people. If, well, if Brady was still here, then sure. If Brady was still here. Like I, I was, I was very like, okay, like I, I'll live with that. Not anymore. Do yeah. not let this man be your head coach. And frankly too, I don't want Steve Belichick calling. If he's calling the defensive he's, plays He's a hundred percent calling the defensive plays right now. Dump him. Yeah. Get but rid he of won't. Him. Yeah. No, let, let Jared, let Gerard Mayo do it or let Belichick do it. Like. I want to see what Gerard Mayo can do. I would, I, I Gerard would Mayo wants it. to be a head coach. I was going to say that just because I love Gerard Mayo, I really don't know much about his coaching abilities, but I would love to see Gerard Mayo be the future head coach of this team. There have been a million conversations about this, I think. And like, they almost, I think a lot of people have tried to compare it to like the variable situation. And I think people who have mentioned it, Mayo wants to be a head coach and people have said, yeah, no, he, he's going to, he has the intangibles. He's going to be a great coach. I think he's going to turn to what Michael Vra- Mike Vrabel is with the Titans right now. Mike Vrabel's a really good head coach. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Belichick's doing, but they got to figure this out quick. Look, we might all, we might be talking about this for nothing. They might go win the next four games. I don't know, but it it's not looking good so far, and it's not on the players. I mean, it's on the players, but like it's not a hundred percent on the players. No, they they have to open it up, and and, and like, I'm I'm going to stay on that Steve Belichick defensive play calling, just defense in general. Real quick, it's not working. And mm-hmm. again, I'm not 100% sure Steve Belichick's making the play calls. I think he is. I'm going to make that guess that he is, that educated no, he, guess they, that he's making the play calls. TV has said he is, and you watch him, he's got the play sheet. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I just haven't heard the team say that yet. That's why I'm that's, I'm, that's, I'm pretty sure he's calling, whatever. That's, I'm that's pretty sure never, he's calling the, the plays. The, play, the team will never tell you that. You're right. But it's not working. Give John Mayo a shot. And you're coming to the point where like, okay, you're two and four and you're playing Jets next week. You should be three and four. I can't guarantee that at this point, but you should, I can, I can guarantee you this. The Jets aren't throwing you five interceptions this week. So you're going to actually have to play football. No, but they look better than they put. They they look better. Even since the last time I put the Jets, like they look like a better football team. They're getting better every week. That's the thing, Nick, the Patriots have gotten better. And Mac Jones has gotten better every single week. Mac Jones looks like a pro quarterback, which is but nice. he has. To, but he's looked like a pro quarterback since day one. But the offense is starting to look more comfortable. The, the Henry's getting more involved. Uh, the receivers, Jacoby Myers, is looking legit again. Like it's getting Poor there. Poor guy just cannot get his first touchdown. Oh, you're <laughs> he me, scored. My, fan, my fantasy team needed it. He scored his touchdown and they took it right off the board. Yeah, mine too. If I if they keep that if they keep that touchdown on the board, I win. But hey, it's just my fucking luck in fantasy. My it's fucking been, luck. It's been a rough season. You want to you want to know what you you want to know who my running backs are in fantasy, Jared? I had a pretty good team. The fantasy had, bit here on Couch Guy Sports brought to you yeah. by. Let me put let me put. This. I had Tyreek Hill as my receiver. Great. Okay. Stunt. Right. Yeah. I had to trade him because I had to stay afloat. I had to dump Tyreek Hill because I had to keep my friggin' mouth above water and just breathe a little bit and just hope that I can wait for my running backs to get back from injury. Before I'm just out for the season because right now you, I'm one who, and five. Who, who did you get for Tyreek? Uh, Daryl Henderson. Pretty good. Oh, you pulled that trade off. You, we talked about that last week. I did. Yeah, so I got Daryl Henderson now just to keep me afloat. Which if if I can stay afloat for the next couple of weeks, I'll I I should be fine because I'm have three stud running backs. Daryl Henderson. Okay. Uh, I made a trade a few weeks back. I got a guy by the name of David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Who who? Oh, hey, he's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. That's my, that was my first week with him. <laughs> God, God bless that. David Montgomery out, hopefully back in a couple of weeks. And then uh, you want who my third running back was? Oh, I think I know the answer to this, but go ahead. Saquon Barkley. 
Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whose ankle is the size of a balloon. Did you Booker? A fully inflated balloon. Did you get Booker? I didn't. I got Daryl Williams. Okay, because, well, that's fine, too, because I got Booker. I had Saquon in the league, too. Dude, Daryl Williams might keep that job from Clyde. Oh, it's really unfortunate because I, I have Clyde in one of my big leagues, like a 16-team league. I have Clyde as my running back, too. Dude, Daryl Williams looked better than, than Clyde's looked all year. I know it's scaring me. I got to figure something out there on that team. I got to make a trade. Yeah, I, I'm I'm lucky. I chose I chose Daryl Henderson over Devontae Booker for my waiver bucks because I don't have any left, and I'd use all of mine to get Terrell Williams. <laughs> wait, wait how, what's what's all like fifty? No, I only had thirty one left. You're already out, dude. I've been I've been a menace on the waiver wire this year. That's <laughs> insane. What are you going to do? Like, you, what if you need defensive replacements, bye weeks, kickers? Well, we like... we we dump defense in our league. Okay, but what if you need another kicker? Uh, I do actually this week. So what happens? I'm just gonna hope nobody else bids on the kicker that I went for. That's I had to bid. I had to bid zero, <laughs> and hope that it works. I mean, sometimes yeah. you get to a point where it's just you can add them, not to climb them. That's what I'm hoping for. And it's and although I do need a quarterback this week too because I got Justin Herbert. You know who I'm playing more more often now? I picked him up. Carson Wentz. He's been good. Fantasy wise, he's on. He is on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. He's been good. He got me over like 27 points last week. I think I think I'm going for Joe Burrow. I think that's who I'm trying to get right now. For the week. No, actually, just that's a lot. I'm going for Tua. Tua's playing the Falcons. Didn't we just talk about how much he sucks? Yes, but he put up 24 points last week. He's got Jalen Waddle, who looks like a stud, and Gasecki is coming back into the fold. Ugh. And that was the Couch Guy Sports. Podcast fantasy football minute. I'm gonna get dude, I'm gonna fucking die. I can't do it. I can't do it. Do we have anything else left in the Patriots or do we just wanna move on? They're gonna, to beat, they're gonna beat they're gonna beat the Jets. Done. Let's go to the Red Sox. You gotta fucking hope. You gotta hope. All right, before we move on to the Red Sox and the ALCS, guys, we're gonna talk about our friends over at Manscaped. Do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20 at checkout. Talked about this a thousand times, guys. We've all had those manscaping accidents, and you have to prevent that don't by speak going for me. Manscaped. Don't speak for me. We've all had those types of accidents. Maybe when you clip something you shouldn't have clipped because you thought you were using you should you thought you were supposed to be using scissors because you didn't know this type of product was out there when you were younger. Nicholas. <sighs> I'm not saying any names. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Yes. Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure that you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent, and it will scare away those vampires. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle the problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their finely tuned pube products feature a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. Oh, and did I mention that this trimmer is waterproof too? This trimmer is shower essential. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker, a total game changer to your men's hygiene arsenal. The Weed Whacker is a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs 
in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner that will make your make sure your pumpkins stay fresh. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls, they're going to thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers, perfect for the golf course, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. If you're looking like Wolverine and haven't cut your nails recently, be sure to look into the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. They have a bunch of other life-changing products on their website, so, so be sure to check it out. Listen up. Get 20% off with free shipping using the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Say trick-or-treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. Beautiful. All right. Boston Red Sox. ALCS. Absolutely dropping their balls on the face of the Houston Astros. Been unbelievable. It really has. It has been unbelievable. Three grand slams in 11 innings. Three grand slams in 11 innings. And then it's it, and on top of the three, I think it's like three grand slams and it's like six homers in two games, seven homers in two games, something like that. They have accounted for nearly 50% of home runs in the postseason. It's insane how this offense all of a sudden just, I mean, they've been good all year. Like it's not a bad offense, but all of a sudden they're just like, screw everybody. And we're just going to bash our way to a world series. And Nick, I'm even if they, if they beat the Astros, which it looks like, you know, one thing I'll give core credit for too. And this is kind of part of what we can talk about is like his management of the pitching stuff, right? Like Pavetic set up nicely for game four tonight, right? The Astros relying on Granky because they messed it up. Obviously they had an injury, but like, Alex Cora is managing circles around Dusty Baker right now. He is. And talk about a guy who the game's passed by at this point. I, I just don't think Dusty Baker can manage the game at this point nope. with, with how it is right now. Personalities relating to players. Like, do you really think Carlos Correa wanted to play for Dusty Baker? No, I don't. I don't. And I, I don't even know if they want to play for AJ Hinge. I don't know if that guy's got a personality. But the, the best thing with Alex Cora that we've known about since he started managing the team in 2018, obviously had to take last year off due to the scandal, but he relates so well to his players and the players love him to the point where like you see, again, we're recording this on Tuesday, October 19th. You see that Erod, after he gets Correa out, we obviously know after game one, Correa hits the home run points to his watch. What time is it? Blah, blah. It's my time, whatever he said. And Erod gets Correa out in a big spot last night. And Erod does the same thing back to Correa. And Alex Cora wasn't having that. Alex Cora was cheering on Erod. And then when he saw him do that, he was like, no, yelled at him and got him back into the, dug into the dugout. And it was one of those things where, like, like, it's the cool boss and he yelled at you, but you know he's not mad at you. You know he's just telling you to cut the bullshit. Well, you, you, know, watch what I, you know what yeah, I mean? And you watch the video when Erod comes back. Cora grabs him and like hugs him, but like grabs his head and hugs him and brings him in and like talks to him in his ear. And like, it's like a son moment, right? It's like the, you know, I'm bringing you in. You're doing awesome. Keep kicking ass, but you can't have that. We can't have it. We don't, we step on their necks. We're, they're down right now. Not every manager knows that. And I was watching the Fox post game, which was also wild in itself last night. We're gonna um, talk about that. that we could insane. talk about that too. I'm sure that was nuts. And they're not moving the set tonight, by the way. Um, such a terrible move. Such a terrible <laughs> idea by Fox. Um, they got to go inside. They have. They to. got. They have to go inside. Um, David Ortiz was, and and A Rod said this too. The reason why Alex Cora is more likely to probably the, one of the best managers in the game 
is because he can, he knows how to take the analytics, but he also just understands baseball and is a sponge and soaks it all up, wants to know his players, and is there for his players. And not every manager is like that. And that's why A-Rod even last night said he's the best manager in baseball right now. I, I think he is too. And, you know, obviously, like, you're going to have the people who are who are still trying to say that the Red Sox are, are getting sides and they know it's coming. Like, I, I don't know what people don't understand. What the Red Sox got accused of, which they ended up being exonerated for, what the Red Sox get accused of, A, every team does that. Every single team does it. It was just that the Red Sox got caught. Every mm-hmm. single team does that. And I'm not if, here to if, say – I, I think they did it. I think they did do it. I, but I think every team does it. You the, could Yankees, have the Yankees do it. It was in writing. It said the Yankees were a team that did it, and no one ever looked into them. You, we just you, ignored you, it. If you're the Red Sox or anybody, you could literally say, hey, I think the Pittsburgh Pirates are cheating when watching video. Can you go look at that? No one's going to take that seriously because it's the Pirates. But like, if I, if I came out and said, yeah, the Yankees are actually cheating, can you go look at it? Like, I think they're watching video. They would have been caught because that's just what people did. They had access to the video in real time. Why would you not use it? Right. And, and Yankee fans too. I mean, and, and this was, this was the example too, that I heard going backwards. This is, this is the example that I remember hearing when there's all this stuff started breaking. It was like, imagine if the teacher walked over to give you a test and then opened up the book to the right pages, but then said, don't look at that. Don't, don't worry about that. Every team does what the Red Sox did, but that's besides the point. That's not even the point of this whole conversation. You know, you know, but you mentioned Yankee fans. They got what they have coming though today. Aaron Boone, three year extension, Yankees manager. Just say un, un, unreal, unbelievable, unreal. What love it? What are the Yankees? I thought they were a powerhouse. I thought they were supposed to be the best organization in baseball. They're and bad. What are these moves? No, they are. They're bad. One World Series in twenty years. You and the Red Sox are about to get another one. Hopefully, like couldn't be us. Could not be us. Could not be Boston. Nope. One World Series in 20 years, and you bring back Aaron Boone, who collectively, everybody, did not think that he should be back with this team. He no. clearly doesn't work with this team. Clearly. In no. the, sure. Okay, sure. He went to the postseason every year. Look at that roster. How could you not? I could have taken that team to the postseason. Literally. Nick and I could write a lineup card and said, okay, let's do it. Like, yeah. Oh, so, oh so, you have, so you have Aaron Judge. And Stanton. And then followed by John Carlos Stanton? Okay, we'll be in the playoffs. We'll see in the, we'll see in October. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. And honestly, you're probably gonna get Correa next year too, which is good. Oh, and you have Garrett, and you have Garrett Cole. Great. You got, yeah, see you in October. The, the best pitcher in baseball, the best pitcher in the American. They're League. just gonna ruin Carlos Correa too. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, but it's gonna be if if Carlos Correa signs at the Yankees, it's gonna be great for the rivalry because he's such a douche. And and no one here likes him. Like people already people already in Boston like fan wise hate Carlos Correa. Yeah. So like you put him on the Yankees, wow. Wow. Absolutely. I can't wait. 100%. I actually kind of want it to happen now. Yeah. And and by and the Yankees are at the point, like this organization's at the point now where I like any move they make, I'm just it doesn't worry me. Nope. Done. Anyway, back to the ALCS portion of this show. Um one part that I want to talk about that I think does have an effect on the game, but also outside of the game, kind of. The fans, I've never heard Fenway Park louder. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm just like if it's recency bias, Jared, but I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard Fenway Park this loud in the middle 
of an ALCS, and it was the same way in the ALDS. Just since the postseason started, wild from the Yankees wildcard game too. through, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard Fenway Park this loud. Uh, I, w- I don't remember. I was a little younger, obviously, we were, but like, oh, four, I ha- have to assume. Got to imagine. Got to imagine. But like, it feels like a rock concert at Fenway Park. Like, it just feels like Kyle Schwarber yesterday or today, whenever, I think it was today, he said last night he had headaches because the crowd was so loud. Like, he kept the- getting headaches because, like, mid game. One of the cool video, one of the, the cooler videos is when they hit these home runs because the Red Sox are hitting a thousand home runs. But when the ball leaves the bat, you can hear the crowd's first layer of the ah, and then as soon as it clears yeah. the fence, that next level, it it's, the place explodes. It's not. The, I don't. I don't know what it is, um, but it, it feels different than eighteen because I think everyone knew they were going to win in eighteen, even twenty thirteen. Like something about this year in Fenway Park. I still stand by my socks and six pick because I think they'll probably lose the sale game tomorrow, but like. I don't know, man. Something about Fenway Park. And if and if you happen to win ALCS and the Braves hold on and, and beat the Dodgers, you have home field advantage in the World Series. Which is unbelievable. So and, but have- I think I think that's where it comes from, too. I think that's why the fans are so invested into it. I, they were going to be invested anyway. So, in, like, that baseball is dead conversation. Awful. That conversation is dead. That conversation least, yeah. is gone. You can't it's tell me dead. no one in Boston is, 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 is not entertained. Like, it's, yeah, way, it's, it's not packed. Dead. It's insane. Absolutely. But... But the the what's the word I'm trying to come up with here? What's the word I'm trying to come up with here? I don't know. I just drew a blank. But whatever, regardless, the atmosphere has been absolutely bananas. Oh, this is what I was going to say. The reason why I think that it's this crazy is because, like what you just said about the team, they knew in, in 2018 it was potentially the best Red Sox team of all time. Ever. Maybe. Maybe. Record-wise, yes. But this year's team – we didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs. They shouldn't have. I mean, they I shouldn't they have, too, but like not everyone did. You were you were ready to write their ending season memorial. Okay, but like I told I told you they were going to win ninety wins in the beginning of the season. So like, no, I know, but I'm just saying like that proves like where we are because me and you were like, well, I I feel like we are pretty like okay. There's obviously a little bias for both Red Sox fans, but I, me and you are realistic with this team for the most part. Yeah, I mean, like come August September, I was like, oh well, that went downhill fast. If they made the wild card. I didn't know if they were going to win the wild card. If they went to the ALDS, I was sure until they beat the Yankees. I was sure Even that they then, were they would lose. I was the like, ALDS. "Well, they're going to get trounced by the Rays." Like, I, I chose. Know. I mean, I chose Sox in five, and they ended up winning in four. <laughs> in this series, it's. I mean, hey, it's still very well. Good. This series is far from over. Houston's a very talented team, but I. I, I mean, my my pick was Sox in seven. I'm going to have to ride with that one too. Socks, I'm telling you, Socks and six only because I don't think you win both these next two games. I think you win tonight's game because Pavetta has been just a stud and Granky hasn't pitched in like three years. So, well, I think right the there it's an advantage. If you win tonight's game, I think you win tomorrow night's game too. Because you if you win tonight's game, I do. Because if you go up three to one, the momentum's already in the Red Sox favor. If you go up three to one and you have to have game five in front of this insane Fenway Park crowd. Chris Sale on the mound. I know it's not Chris, Chris Sale of old, but like Chris, Chris Sale's on the mound tomorrow. Imagine how Fenway's going to sound tomorrow if the Red Sox win today. Tomorrow will be extra nuts if they pull the same. And, and like, I look at tonight's game and this probably means why they lose, but like, I look at the game with Pavetta starting and I'm like, how can they lose this game? They're hitting the crap out of the ball. You have Granky who hasn't pitched more than like two innings in the last like two months. And you have a guy Nick Pavetta who hasn't been touched like all postseason. Like it just, so that's that's a concern of mine for tonight's game. 
and we I, we really shouldn't be previewing here because like the about time no I know I know I, I yeah, yeah but but no I worry about Nick Pavetta here because Nick Pavetta there's a different mentality when you come out from the bullpen and there's a different mentality when you come out from the bullpen yeah, or when you're coming but, out as a starting but I, but I hate that argument for him because he's been starting all year he, he hasn't been in the bullpen like all season he has but near the end of the year he struggled a little bit in the starting role yeah but the whole team struggled at the end like it wasn't just him. They, 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 you know, you're right. They did fall into the playoffs. They yeah. did not get in smoothly. They might as well games. drunkenly stumbled Nick Qualio whiskey drinking night into the playoffs. <laughs> like yes. that, that's what they did. Yeah. It was brutal. The end of that season was, was brutal. But I mean, overall, you just, just look at what this team's doing. I, and I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't, I think I, what I'm saying here, I'm, I'm not jinxing them. I'm not saying they're going to win the series. Cause I, like I just said, the series is far from over, but doesn't it feel like we know the ending to this at this point? Well, it's right. It's it's you're, you've been playing with house money for a while with the Red Sox. Like beginning of the year, you weren't supposed to be this good, right? You weren't supposed to make the playoffs. No one nationally was talking about the Red Sox to do anything. You showed up year, to Vegas and immediately won a grant. That's yeah, what you did. Exactly. And now you look at this team and go, you're just playing with house money. They're, they're playing loose. They don't care. They know how good they are. They've known this since day one, apparently. I, I, this team feels like one of those like destiny playoff teams of any sport, not even just baseball. Like it feels like that team that whether you play the Braves, the Dodgers, whatever, if you go to the world series, it just feels like it's one of those teams that's just going to take them by the throat. Cause look at the Dodgers, the Dodgers who were supposed to be this wagon look vulnerable. Like they look vulnerable and I know and like the Braves feel the same way. It, it feels like it should be a Red Sox Braves world series. Based off storylines, you look at the Braves. The Braves shouldn't have been been here either after all the injuries they've dealt with and suspensions like Ozuna. Like, you you don't think the Braves should have been here? No one thought the Red Sox should have been here. That's why, honestly, I think it's going to be a Red Sox-Braves World Series because that it just, it just feels too perfect not to be. We haven't even talked about Kike Hernandez yet. Best player in baseball history. Un- <laughs> best, best player to ever play the game. Unbelievable. When... When the Red Sox first signed him last year in the offseason, it was a cool signing. It was great. We know he's got a cool personality. But the consensus was, by everybody, the consensus was Kike Hernandez is replacing Brock Holt. He is, he is in that Brock Holt role. He's going to I mean, he was expected to play field. every day, but just jump around. Yeah, but in like, and be like good, but not great. He's been unbelievable this postseason did you see i think it showed a stat last night it was coming into this postseason he was hitting 212 as a whole in his postseason career so all that with the dodgers because of what he's doing now he's hitting like 280 something in his postseason career that's just because he's hitting like over 500 in this postseason the dude cannot stop hitting it's insane and then he's playing great defense like next year i mentioned this he's your center fielder next year Sign Iglesias, let him play second base next year. And Kike Hernandez is your full-time center fielder next year. That's it. Done. Yeah. And that's like that's a team that I roll out confidently. Confidently. Dude, they're it, gonna be better. It, they're gonna be better next year than they are this year. Whatever happens, because sales gonna be back better off next year. You're gonna bring someone to fill that second. Like this team's gonna be better next year. And look what they're doing now. Heim, and man. shout out Heim Bloom. Heim freaking Bloom. Unbelievable. Hey, Heim Bloom. Way over Brian Cashman. Way over Brian Cashman, okay? Heim Bloom at the trade deadline. 
we talked about this in the last episode. Every single person, every Red Sox fan was like, get me fucking Anthony Rizzo. Get Anthony Rizzo to this team. It's destiny. It makes too much sense. Captain, listen. The Yankees got him, and we got Kyle Schwarber, and people were like, we got this guy who can't even play first base. And now Kyle Schwarber is playing first base, gets subbed out near the end of the game because he's, I mean, frankly, let's call it what it is. He's not great defensively yet because he just started playing first base. But he's hitting grand slams. Bombs. Bombs. They're not dinky dack home runs either. They're bombs. That grand slam on Monday night legitimately almost hit the moon. Insane. As soon as he hit it, I'm like, oh, you can hear it. It just sounds different in the playoffs. On a cool. 3-0 count. Who the, who needs to take pitches? <laughs> yeah, count? Not, not when you're Kyle Schwarber. My God. <laughs> it's unreal. Would I mean, you bring him back next year? Yes. Do you have a spot for him? <laughs> Here, okay, so this is the problem. I love JD. I do. Well, he's coming back. He's not going to opt out. I know. He's coming back. But that's a little bit of the problem. Okay, but can't you let Schwarber just play first base all year? Okay, but you're going to sign him to a contract, and here's, here's a little deep, deeper Red Sox than a lot of like the casual fans know. We have a first baseman coming up, oh, yeah, and yeah. he's going to be here in the next year or two. Monster. And that's his spot. Yo, he's he gonna, is he's, taking he's, that spot. He's going to hit moon bombs in Fenway Park. Yeah, it's going to be insane. One um, of the most exciting players I've ever seen coming doesn't up Schwar- the system. Don't you just sign Schwarber to a two-year deal? JD probably is done after next year. Well, he probably gets a better offer somewhere else if you're just giving him a two-year deal. Yeah, but don't you think he wants to stay? I do, but yeah, yeah, oh. you got to think he's if he gets offered like a seven-year deal or a five-year deal. I don't, I, two, I, I, I don't want JD out. Look what J, look at the difference JD has made. The game he didn't play in this postseason versus when he, he just makes that lineup even more scary. I can't th- think I want JD gone yet. Well, so then, so then play this, play this. Kyle Schwarber, he's an outfielder too. Started off as a catcher, moved to the outfield, move him to left field. You take Verdugo, put him in right. Is Hunter Renfro on a one-year deal? Kike in center, and then yeah, Renfro's a one-year deal. Okay, so love what Hunter did this year, but, but like that's after after seeing Manny Ramirez in left field, you can let Kyle, Kyle Schwarber can play left field that way first. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber, I would guess, is a better defensive player than Manny Ramirez. You put Kyle Schwarber in that short left field. You put Kike in center. You put Alex Verdugo in right. You have Bobby D for now. Future Tristan Cash is at first base. Uh, Jose Iglesias maybe at short. Xander, uh, Devers, Vasky, mm-hmm. and then you start. Pl- I think I mean, you keep, keep Plowecki and yeah. Hold on to Plowecki, who's having a blast here. Who's made a raw? This team. I'm telling you, next year, better than they were this year. It's a full, se- a full season with Kyle Schwarber on your team. Did you see what he was doing? Did you see what he was doing in Washington before he got hurt? Yeah, he was on a tear. He was on a tear. This dude can flat out hit. He's a great, great hitter. Red Sox. All right. For the remaining of this series, I do expect. And hey, check it. You can check the timestamps. I'm saying this pregame. My prediction now has fluctuated. I think Houston is dead in the water. And it you feels know, that way, doesn't it? it we might that way. We, we might come back next week, and I might I might look like a douche. I might look like an ass. It feels that way for sure. But the crowd outside of Fox Sports, this. all this, it, you just feel it feels different. We yeah, the crowd outside of Fox, it was unbelievable 
watching that post-game show last night. You couldn't even hear them. They had to mute it because they were chanting F-A-Rod. And then, like, they've chanted J-Lo, F-A-Rod, Yankees suck. Poppy. It wasn't it, – Poppy. It wasn't even an A-Rod. It wasn't even a post-game show. It was an A-Rod and Ortiz versus the Boston crowd show. Yeah. Like, that's what and it was. was. Uh, and, and plus, shout-out to A-Rod, too, because A-Rod handles that stuff great. I'm a big fan of – I'm a big fan of off-field A-Rod. Yeah, off-field A-Rod's fine because he's entertaining. He gets up and just chants and, like, puts the Yankees helmet on and all this stuff and, like, plays to it. He knows where he is. He's not dumb. Yeah. He's in he's in Boston. Like, he can't avoid it. No, he's great. I, I'm a fan of A-Rod now. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think we've seen this before. And this is this is the Red Sox under Cora blueprint of the postseason. You lose the first game, and then you just win. <laughs> Can we not this do that is- in the World Series? I mean, we, if it's going to work, then sure, if we get to the World Series. But... They beat. This is how they beat the Astros in 2018. Lost the first game, won the next four. If they have home field though in the World Series, if that actually happens, like if they get to the World Series, they beat the Astros and that happens. Let's not win. Let's not lose a game at Fenway Park though. No, too no. electric. It's this is one of the crazier postseasons that I could ever remember. Absolutely insane. Celtics re-signed Jabari Parker. What? That's stupid. All right, let's let's end the show on that. All right, guys. Real quick before we go, CouchGuysSports.com is powered by our friends over at ShockedEnergy.com. Get 10% off using the code CGSN. All right, wrapping it up here, Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 229 in the books. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, guys, we're going to be back for episode 230 next week. Thank you, everybody, for checking out the show, as you always do. Thank you for listening. The numbers have been great. You guys are killing it. And thank you for using the Manscaped code, because they are very happy, which means they're very happy with us. So thank mm-hmm. you guys very much for doing that. Good friend go of the follow, show. Go follow the new account on Twitter, at CGSBostonPod. Until, Nick, get, until Nick, get, Nick gets this one suspended. I believe that's the handle. I think that's the handle, but we'll see. Alright, Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 229 in the books. Nick Qualley, Jared Scally. Guys, we're going to talk to you next week. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Oh, wait, shit.